begin today, today the Gemara on Kufi Zayin Amud Beis, right in the middle of the Amud, where it says Ahu Gavra. The first word on the line is the Achve. Gemara here is discussing the situation where a person uh, saves himself through someone else's money when he's being attacked by someone, by a gazlan, by son, and he's saving himself. So is he obligated to pay for this? How Gavra? There was a case of a, with a person that Avamafkud le Kosa the Kaspa. He had a pakodin, someone gave him a silver becher to keep for him. Sliku gamvi ilave. So Ganovim came and attacked him. Shakla yavalu. So he went and took this becher and he gave it to them. So he saved himself with this silver becher now. Asla kamei He came to Rabbi to ask him whether he has to pay the person for saving his life with this silver becher. Patre. So Rav patrim. Amalei Abaye. So Abaye asked Rabbi. Why is he potter? This person saved his life with the friend with his friend's money. So even if you're allowed, but then you have to reimburse that person for the money that uh, you used to save your life. Over here, we learned before in the Gemara, he took the becher with his very own hands. It's not just, he took it with his own hands and, and gave it to this uh, goslin. So you should have to reimburse the goslin, or the, the owner that is. So Ravashi explains, Chazinon. We have to actually see it depends. Not always in such a case would you be potter. If this is a person that's rich, so these Ganovim that attacked him, they came because they knew that he's rich. So in such a case, because he's the cause of this whole attack of these Ganovim, and now he's saving his life with his friend's silver becher, in such a case, he's going to have to reimburse his friend. But if this person is not rich, then I died to the Kaspa also. Then these Ganovim, they didn't attack him because of himself. They attacked him because of this silver becher that he has in his possession. They heard that he has this very expensive item that he's keeping for someone, and that's the whole reason why they came and attacked him. In such a case, when he saves his life with someone else's money, when they came only for that purpose, you don't have to reimburse for this. And Taisus here adds, Taisus here adds and explains, even though the fact is that he did pick up the becher with his own hands and gave it to the Gazlan to save his life. And before we said the rule is that if you take it with your own hands that you do have to pay. You have to reimburse the person. So Taisa says, not in such a case of a Pekodin. By a Pekodin, this is the understanding of a Pekodin right from the beginning. I'm not taking your Pekodin that if my life becomes in de- is going to be in danger because I'm keeping such an expensive item that then I'm going to have to reimburse you for this. If I'm putting myself into such a situation that I'm going to keep such an expensive item that a Ganif can hear about it, and then I'm going to have to save my life with just giving this away, it's, a, it's, a, it's a understood that in such a case, I'm not going to be responsible to reimburse you for this. That's what Tysus explains. No, 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 that's not... No, no, he, no, I don't think the Vart is Oynes. The Nukudir is not Oynes. He saved his life by giving the Bech to someone else. Even if you were Shoy Mechinam, you still would have been Chayef to reimburse him because you biyad went and you gave it to him. But because the reason why you were attacked is mitzah, the fact that you had such an expensive item in your possession, so it's a self-understood thing in the, in the deal of this pekodin, that, that if, if your expensive item in my possession will attract the attention of Ganovim, in such a case, I'm not going to be responsible to reimburse you. There was another case of a person, they gave him as to keep a wallet of money that was being used to redeem people that are captured. Sliku Ganve Elave, Ganovim heard about this and they came to attack him. Shokla Yovin Elayu. 
So he went and took it and gave it to the Ganovim. So he saved himself with this money of Pidin Shvuim. Also, the Rav or the Rabbi came to ask if he has to pay Patre. So he patted him of paying. So again, Amalei Abai, Abai asked him, what, what, Saving his life with the, his, a friend of his money. In this case, this money that belonged to Tzedakah, to Pidin Shvuim. So he should have to reimburse the Tzedakah for this. Amalei, so he answered him, There's no greater Pidin Shvuim here, the fact that he saved his own life with this. So since the money itself was designated for this purpose, so he used the money for the purpose that it was designated for. For himself, so he doesn't have to reimburse it. And here Taisa says, it doesn't matter if the Ganavim were attracted to him because they heard he has this money or because he was rich otherwise, makes no difference. Over here, he used the money for its purpose, but in Shvuyim, he doesn't have to reimburse. Ahu Gavre, there was a case with a person, the Akdim, Vaasik Hamra Lamavra. So this is people that were traveling through a river on a ferry. So one of these people there went, and before everyone else went on to this ferry, so he brought his donkey onto the ferry, before all the other people went onto the ferry. And then they're traveling across the river, with, and, and this, this donkey, which apparently wasn't supposed to be here on this ferry, is on this uh, ferry. And there was a big, uh, the, the, the boat was going to sink because of whatever, a storm or whatever it is. But, uh, so what do they do? One person came along, he pushed the donkey of this individual, and he threw him into the river, and the donkey drowned, to save the people on the boat. Sanada's person came to Rabbi to ask him whether he has to reimburse this person for the donkey that he drowned. He was saving everybody. It's a situation where you're saving everybody through mom and by drowning the donkey, everyone on the boat got saved. Patre. So again, Rabbi said to him that he's Patre. Sabai asked him again the question, but you're saving yourself through the loss and through drowning this donkey that belonged to your friend. Shouldn't you have to reimburse him? So he answers him, This person, the fact that he brought his donkey here onto the boat that uh, was not supposed to be there, and because of the donkey, therefore everyone else's life was in danger. So the donkey is a raidif. It's the one that's causing everybody else's life to be in danger. In such a case, you're allowed to kill the donkey, and you don't have to reimburse. And the Gemara says, Rabbe, what he said here, follows the halacha that he said in a different place regarding a raidif. So Omar Rabbe, Rabbe said as follows, and here there's a few different details that Rabbe speaks about a case where there's a person that's a raidif, he's chasing to kill someone, so he says like this, Someone is chasing his friend and he wants to kill him. And this Raidif, he broke vessels along the way chasing this person. Whatever vessels he broke, whether he broke vessels of this person that he's chasing or any or anyone else's vessels, Potter. He's Potter to pay for this. And the reason is, because this Raidif is Chayv Misa. While this Raidif is chasing this person to kill him, anybody else is allowed to go and kill this Raidif. So he's chayiv misa. So because he's chayiv misa, so come lebed rabbi mine. He doesn't have to pay for any money damages that happens along the way. Now v'nir daf sheshibur esakelim shal reidef. If this person that's being chased, so while he's running away, he breaks vessels of the one chasing him. Potter, he's also potter for this. And that's uh, similar to the situation that we brought before. When this person brought his donkey onto the boat, and the the donkey is sort of the reidef. The donkey is causing danger. And you, you push the donkey over the, into the water, and you potter for this. Why? A person's 
money, possessions, are not more valuable than his body himself itself. So if by the Reidiv, the Nirdaf obviously is allowed to turn around and kill the Reidiv. Rashi brings here the, the famous expression that it says, If someone's chasing to kill you, you're allowed to turn around and kill him. So just like you're allowed to turn around and kill him, if when you're running away, you also damage any of his vessels, of the Reidiv's vessels, you're going to be put for that as well. But if you damage vessels of anybody else that you, when you were running away, so that you are chayev for. Going back to the rule, the rule that we said before, you, you can't save your life by damaging someone else's vessels. Now, the, the Lashon of the Gemara here, it sounds like it's saying that you were not allowed to break the other person's vessels for this purpose. But most Rishayim, not all the Rishayim say that it doesn't mean you're not allowed. You, not, you don't have to die in order not to break someone else's vessels. But what it means is that you're going to have to reimburse. You can't, you can't break another person's vessels and then walk off and not pay for it. If there's someone else that sees that someone is chasing someone to murder him. So this third person comes along and is now chasing the Raidif in order to save, to save this person that he shouldn't kill him. Vishava Kalim and this person that's trying to kill the Raidif. So he broke vessels, Ben Shal Nirdav, Ben Shokolodam, whoever vessels he broke, whether from the Nirdav or from anyone else, Potter. He's also going to be Potter. And now the Rabbi explained why you Potter for this. So he said, Beloi Menadin. Menadin is, you shouldn't be Potter for this. Because over here, again, in such a case, you're trying to save your friend by, by, by to, to kill this Raidif. And along the way, you break someone else's vessels. It, the the Nirdav himself, as we said before, the Nirdav himself has to reimburse when he breaks other people's vessels. For sure, this third person that's trying to save your life and breaks other people's vessels, you should be high for this. But the reason why you potter for this is, if you're not going to potter someone that's trying to save by killing this Raidiv, then people, they're going to see the situation where there's someone that's chasing someone, trying to kill him, they're not going to want to get involved because then it might end up costing me money, so therefore he's going to stay away. So in such a situation, Chachamim instituted that whatever damage you cause, you'll be potter for this. Zog Tehle Shot von Nohar. A goslin, he stole a property, and now the, the river overran this property and it flooded it. The goslin says to the, to the owner, Your property was flooded, but you can take it as is. Rashi explains over here that the case is that the, the goslin made an effort to, to stop the river from overflowing the property. So this is not a case where he was some negligent and saw the river coming and he just left it as is. He tried to stop it and then it came and overflowed the property. But he could still tell him, take your property as is. Now usually by Gizela, even in a case of an Oynes, you still have to pay back the owner the value of what it was when you stole it. But over here what the Mishnah is saying is regarding a piece of karka that you steal and now an Oynes happened and it's all washed away and there's nothing here to return really, it doesn't matter. You can tell the owner, and the regal halacha by Gzela, that you have to return it, does not apply. So the Gemara is going to bring the source for this. Actually, I'm a is about this. We learned in Abraisa, stole your friend's field, and now it was flooded by a river. Rabbi says, you do have to pay him back, like a regular Gzela, the value of a regular property that you stole. You just tell him here, this is yours, take it as is, even though there's nothing here left of it anymore. What's the basis of their argument? So it's based on the Lashon of the Pasik, where it speaks about Gzela, 
So there's a, there's a, this is actually not mamish by Gzela, this is by a person that has a Pekodain, and he's trying to steal the Pekodain for himself by denying that he has it. So in that Pasuk there, there's two different ways how to dash in the Pasuk. Rabbi Darash, Ribui, Umiyuti. Rabbi the Pasik by with a Ribui and a Miyut. And the Gemara explains. What does it say in the Pasik? So, again, it's a person that has a Pekada in his possession. And it says first in the Pasik, Vikichesh Ba Misai. He denies that he has it. So, that first expression, Vikichesh Ba Misai, is Ribui. That includes any case that you deny something that you're trying to steal from your friend. Then, afterwards in the Pasik, it says all kinds of details. Vikichadain. In the Pasuk there, it actually says, Pikadayin, Psesumas Yad, Gezel, Ayosha, Kesamisai. It says a bunch of different details. So, Miyit, that's all the details that the Torah says. It specifies these things to come and exclude something else. And then, afterwards, the Torah goes on and says, Oy, Mikol Yeshova Olav, anything that you swear falsely and you're trying to steal it for yourself, Lesheker, Chaza Veriba. So, now the Torah again says an all inclusive term to include everything. So according to Rabbi Yezer, the way we dash in this, when the Torah writes first a general term, then exclusion, and then again a general term, according to him, the way you dash in the Torah is that it's, there's a ribu in the beginning, there's a ribu in the end, and there's a miyut in the middle. Now this approach of dashing Torah basically says that if the Torah writes an all-inclusive term in the beginning and in the end, just an exclusion in the middle, we have to be marba everything. The miyot that there is in the middle is just to be memayat one case. But other than that one case that you have to find that's very extreme, that we're memayat, otherwise we're going to include everything. Because the Torah wrote two ribuyim, so we're marba everything. So therefore he says like this, riba hakayl, you marba everything that gzela includes any kind of case, and that would include even gzela of karka. When you steal karka, you have to, you have to pay back just like any other item. So my rabbi, rabbi komili, you marba everything. But now, my meat, but there is one extreme case that you have to be memayit. So, what are you memayit? Meat shtodis. What you memayit is if a person steals a document for a loan, so such a kind of a document, since the document itself doesn't have its own value, that's what you memayit that over there, the halachas of a heishavis akzela does not apply. That's according to Rabbi So, therefore, the in of akzela still applies to karka. But Rabban and Darshi, Rabban and Darshi in the same sukkim here, Kloli Uprati, they darshan it by a klal uprat. And therefore, the style of darshaning the same pasuk here is different. When the Torah writes v'kichesh, it's a klal. Then it writes pipikodoy, and that's a prat. And then when it writes oy mikol, chazav akolal. And then it writes a klal again. So according to him, the way you darshan is klal uprat o klal. Now what do you learn out from a klal uprat a klal? According to him, you're not marbe everything, and you only exclude one extreme case. No, it works the other way around. The prat that's in the middle comes to show you that the klal in the beginning and in the end have to be similar to the prat. So it's much more limited here. It all has to be only ke'ena prat. So therefore we say like this, prat. When the Torah writes over here the klal that you chaya for, and then it writes the prat in the middle, it all has to be like, similar to that prat. And therefore over here we say like this, Ma prat, just like the details that the Torah says when it says pikada, you know, sasumisya, the gazal, all those things. It's davera metaltal, the gufe mamanet. It's only speaking about movable items and something that it itself has a value. So afkal davera metaltal, the gufe mamanet. So the whole chiyuv of gzela only applies if it's a movable item and it's something that has value of money for itself. So therefore yotzukar kois that excludes a piece of land she'ei metaltalin. 
which is not movable, Yotza Avadim Shehokshul Karkais, and also slaves that are compared to Karkais, and also Yotza Shtarais, it excludes documents, Shafa Pishimetaltalin, even though it's movable, and Gufamamin. They don't have value for themselves. It's just a document to collect money with it. So therefore, according to the Chachamim, we see here that from the Klal of Pratikla, we learn out that Karkais is not included in the parish of Gzela. So therefore, even if it, after it gets flooded and there's no karka left there, you just tell the owner, here it is, and you don't have to give it back him the value that it was in the <coughs> beginning. Based on this explanation, this that we learned in the Braise, person steals a cow, and the cow also got washed away, flooded away from a river. So you have to, re- you have to pay back for the gzela, the value of a cow. You tell him, here, take the cow as is, which basically is nothing. There's nothing here to take. So, what are you going to say over there? What are they arguing about? If, according to what we just explained, they're arguing about whether there's gzela by a karka or not, so why are Rabbi and Chachamim arguing regarding a cow, which is a regular gzela of a movable item? And that, Braise, what is it talking about? It's not a regular gzela of a cow. It's similar to the case we spoke about before. The person stole a property, a piece of karka from his friend. In this property that he stole, there was also a, a cow that was crouched there. And the shot for And then the river came and washed away the field together with the pada. So this person never stole the cow separately. He, he stole the karka. So along with the karka, that Rashi says there's a kinyan of Agav. Since you stole the karka, the potter that's on the karka is together with the gzela. So the status of the gzela, the, the, the gather of the gzela, when you get to the potter, is like the karka itself. You never stole the karka separately. So therefore, Rabbi Yezer follows his opinion, just like there's no gzela regarding the karka, so there's no gzela regarding this potter, which came along with the karka, you never stole it separately. And the Rabbanon Rabban say that there's gzela on the karka, so there's gzela on the potters, and you have to reimburse the karka, you have to reimburse the the part itself as well. A person stole from his friend. Or he borrowed money. Or, or, or um, yeah, or he lent money to a person. Or he gave him a pecodon. And this is all in, in, the, in the city, in the place where people live. So this money that you owe, whether you owe it for a gzela, whether you owe it for a halva, or you owe it a pekodin, don't return it to the owner by midbar, in a, uh, in a desert. In a place where you're giving it back to the owner over there in the desert, now he, he, all of a sudden here he has to now protect this thing, he doesn't have the, the place or the, the ability to keep it for himself, it's not a place to give it back to the person. Amenas, lots is by midbar, midbar. If there was a condition, and seemingly, simply what the Mishnah is saying is that there was a clear condition in the beginning that was made that you should be able to pay him back even when he goes out into the desert. Then you can give it back to him even when he's not home, even when he's traveling on the way, you return the item over there to him. The contradiction from what it says in the Braise. The Braise says, Alone, you pay it back to the lender in any place he is, not only when he's home and he has a place where he can put the money. A lost object or a pekodin that you're keeping for a person, that's something that you pay the person only when he's home in a place where he can take it back. In our Mishnah, though, it said when it came to a loan, that you only pay a person the loan when he's beyeshuv, when he's at home, when he's in the city, not when he's traveling. Here it says even when he's and wherever he is, you pay him the loan. Amar Abayas Abayas answers, This Bryce is saying a different point. 
Milve, when it comes to the loan, nitna litava If the lender wants to collect the loan, even when he's out traveling on the road, it's his right to demand the payment of the loan wherever he is. He has the upper hand because he's the one that did the favor here and lent out the money to this person. So if he wants, he can demand the money wherever he wants. That's what it was saying. It's not giving the borrower the right to pay him wherever he wants. It's talking about the lender. But when it comes to a lost object or a pekadon, so over here, you can't approach the person that's doing you a favor and say, even when you're anywhere traveling, here, I want you to pay me back right now. Over there, you pay him only when he's when he's in his house. Because over there, he's doing you a favor. That, that person is keeping it. You don't have the upper hand over here to come and demand it whenever you want. He's, he's keeping your pekadon. He's doing, he's keeping your aveda for you. Because over there, it's not convenient for you to, to take a payment there. You're going to have to guard it. And you don't have, you, you can't put it in a drawer somewhere. It's hard to take the payment in a midbar, in a place when you're traveling. Then the Mishnah said, if you made a clear condition that he can pay you, even when you're traveling in a midbar, so then you pay him there. If you made a clear condition, so it's obvious. Why does the Mishnah even have to say this? Says the Gemara, no, the Chiddush here in the Mishnah is in a case where it wasn't Mamash a clear condition. The Mafkit says, here, I'm giving you this thing to keep for me, because I'm traveling out on a way in the desert. And the Shemer says to the Mafkit, the Shemer says, I'm also traveling out. Eventually, I'm also going to be traveling, and uh, um, if I want, I'll return it for you to you where you are on the road when I when I travel. So it wasn't mamish a clear condition. They didn't make a proper condition with a tonight, but this was a conversation they had, and the, the, the shamer let them know that I'm planning to travel as well. And the Mishnah is saying that this conversation is enough of a basis to give the shamer the right to return it to him even on the road. Person says to his friend, Gizalticha, I stole money from you. Or Hilbisani, you lent me money. Or Ifkantatsli, or you gave me a Pekodin. But I'm not sure if I return. I can't remember if I returned this to you. Or or I did not return it to you. So in such a case, he has to pay. If this person comes and tells his friend, I'm not sure if I ever stole money from you. It's possible, maybe, yeah, maybe not. He doesn't remember. The, whether he ever owed money, or in Milvisani, or whether you lent me money, or in Mufkadatatsli, or whether he uh, gave me, you gave me a Pekadin. So then in such a case, Potter Melishalem, you're going to be Potter to pay. So the difference between the Reisha and the Seifa is in the Reisha, he's saying that I know that I had money of yours, but I'm not sure if I paid it back. So in such a case, you have to pay. In the Seifa, he's saying, I don't even know if I ever had money from you, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. In such a case, you're Potter. We learned a general machlekes. This is the famous machlekes that's brought up in Shas many times about Bari Vishema. So we learned the machlekes. A person tells his friend, You owe me a money. And this person responds, Any day. I can't remember. Can't remember if I paid you back or not. Ravuna and Ravuda say that he's going to be chayev to pay. And Ravnachim and Yechenin say, In such a case, he's going to be potter. What is the basis of their argument? Because Here, a person is coming and saying, I, I know for sure that I let you this money and you did not pay me back yet. And the other person responds, I don't know. So what, what claim is stronger? The claim of a body that he's definite, he's sure. And the other person is maybe, for the body is stronger. So he has to pay. 
Because even though the person that responds, I don't know, is his tainus, definitely not as strong as the person that's saying a tainus body, but he's the muhsik, he has the money in his possession. And the rule is, So the machlekes over here is, what's stronger? When you say a tainus shema, and the other person says a tainus body, does that take away the koyach of hamaitz mechaveri olavaraya, and you have to pay? Or no, even in such a case, we still say, hamaitz mechaveri olavaraya, you have a tainus body, but you don't have an edim, you don't have a raya to your claim, and I'm still the muhsik, even though I only have a tainus shema, but I'm still the muhsik, so I can keep the money in my possession. So Tanam, so the Gemara says, what did we learn in our Mishnah, in the second case of our Mishnah? If a person says, I'm not sure if I ever borrowed the money. So then I'll be potter. Then he's, that is, he's, he's going to be potter to pay. So hey, Chidomi, what is the case that the mission is talking about over here? If the case of our mission that we just learned is in a case where the other person is not even claiming anything. He's not demanding any money from him. This person just comes on his own initiative and offers and says this, this information that the mission said, that I, well, maybe I want borrowed from you, maybe not. Is that what the mission is talking about? If so, Reishanami, even in the first case of the Mishnah, what was the first case in the Mishnah? The person says, I know I borrowed the money, but I'm not sure if I ever paid back or not. And there the Mishnah said that it would be Chayev. But the question is why? The Reishanami, the Leikatovale, if the Reisha is also a case where the person never demanded anything from his friend, am I Chayev? Why should he be Chayev to pay? If no one's demanding a penny from you, and you are, are coming and offering this information and saying, I borrowed the money from you, but I'm not sure it's possible that I paid you. Shouldn't be, you don't have, there's no reason you should be high to pay. There's no one demanding the money from you. So how could there be any distinction between the Reisha and the Seifa of the Mishnah? So Elo, don't we have to explain it like this? What is the Mishnah talking about? The Katovale. The case of our Mishnah is that this person's, his friend is coming and demanding money from him. The Katani Sefer, and in the Sefer of the Mishnah it says, Potter, that this person is Potter to pay. When the person says Shema, when he says that I don't know if I ever borrowed, he comes and says, you borrowed money from me? And he answers and he says, I'm not sure if I ever borrowed money from you. In such a case, it's body Vishema, and the Sefer of the Mishnah says, Potter Mulashalem. So we see here clearly, like Rav Hone and Rav Yehuda, that, um, who was it before? Um, Rav Nachman and Rav Yechanan say that you'll be potter in a case where you say just a tiny shema. And here the Gemara is focusing on the safe of the Mishnah, this case of a tiny shema where the person was never made to the Ikechiyuv. In a case where the person was made to the Ikechiyuv, that's a different story. The Gemara is not asking from that. The Machlaikas over here has been negated to the case where the person is just saying shema, I don't even know Bechlal if I ever borrowed the money. And the Mishnah says that he's potter. Answers the Gemara, there's no raya from our Mishnah. Because we're going back to what we thought originally. Loi, that's not the Pshad in our Mishnah. Loi lam katavale. The case of our Mishnah is different because over here, no one is demanding the money from you. I, our question was, if so, in the Reisha, when you say that you borrow the money, and you don't know if you paid back, why should you have to pay if no one's asking the money from you? The Reisha, the Reisha of our Mishnah, when it says, Yechayev, it doesn't mean Yechayev in, 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 in a Bezdin, Yechayev in a Yodam. It means, If you want to be Yetzir for the sake of heaven, to you know the emes, you're saying that you know for a fact that you once borrowed the money, so if you want to be Yetzir Yedei Shemayim, in the Reisha it's saying that you should pay. And over here, what the Reisha is saying is, Rashi explains, in a case where the person comes and says, I know for a fact that I borrowed the money, I just can't remember if I paid back. So Rashi calls this a body Ktsas, there, there, you, have, you have a certainty about the fact that you once had your friend's money in your possession and you're not sure you paid back. 
So in Bezdin, we can't be Mechaev, because no one's asking you for the money. But if you want to be Yetzi Yedei Shemayim, you should pay back that money, since you're saying that you once had it. But in the Sefer, you're saying, you have no idea if I ever borrowed money, or if I ever stole money from you. So there's, there's no level of buddy here at all, that you ever Bechal had money from your friend, in such a case, you don't have to pay back. Even Bidei Shemayim, even to be Yetzi Yedei Shemayim either. It Mernami, we learned a similar thing as well. A person demands money from his friend with a tiny's body. And this person responds, I don't know. So what was Rabbi Yechanan's shit that the Gemara mentioned before? Rabbi Yechanan was the one that held body v'shema, the one that says shema is potter. potter because he's the muhsik and waits machaveri olavaraya. But nevertheless, Rabbi Yechanan still said, Chayiv b'ba lotzesid eishemayim. B'dina yadim is going to be potter, but b'dina eishemayim is going to be. If you want to be yaitzi eishemayim, you should still pay because there was a tiny body. Someone, there's someone else that's standing here and screaming with a certainty. You took money from me, so if you want to be yaitzi eishemayim, you should pay it. Person stole a lamb from a group of uh, of uh, sheep. and he returned it. And he returned it without uh, the knowledge of the owner. Umeis nignav, and then it died or got stolen. It's your responsibility because you didn't let the owner know that you're returning it there. And so, so he didn't, he didn't know he didn't know that it's there. He didn't know to be careful with it. So therefore, it's still your responsibility. When you return a geneva, you have to return it and let the owner know that you're returning it to him. If when you stole this lamb. The owner didn't even know that you stole. He didn't know that you stole it. And he didn't know that you returned it either. And the owner counts his flock of sheep and he sees that uh, all the number that he knows he has is all there. Potter. So then you'll be potter in such a case. He sees, he counts, he knows that he has now, so now he's aware. He sees that the number is right for what he knows that he has in such a case, you're going to be potter. Huh? Even though you didn't let him know that you returned it, but in this case, when he didn't know that you stole it in the first place, and now he counts and he sees that his flock of sheep, that it's all back, and what you returned, he sees now, it's here, you're potter. The Gemara actually here is going to bring now, uh, let's see, let's see, the Gemara here is going to bring four different opinions of how to learn this Mishnah. Let's see. Omar Rav, so Rav said like this, the way to understand our Mishnah is Ladas, when you steal something from someone and it's with his awareness, so this is a full-fledged Geneva, the person realizes that his loss, that you stole it from him. So then when you return it to him, Tzadik Das, you have to return it to him also fully and properly, letting him know that you're returning it to him. Because it's a full-fledged Geneva, when the person saw and suffered the loss, so now you have to return it to him also properly and full-fledged. By letting him know. But if you steal something from someone and he's not even aware of his loss that he had, so then if you return it to him without him even knowing that you ever took it, as long as the, per, the owner, when he gets it back, he counts and sees what he has, and he sees that it's, it's, it's all back, that's enough that you'll be putter. You stole it without him being aware, you don't have to let him know when you return it. As long as he can count and see what there is, it'll be putter. So therefore, when I, what's the pshat in our Mishnah according to this? When it says in the Mishnah, as long as the owner counts and he sees that it's all back, that you'll be pater asefe. It's going on the second case of the Mishnah where it said, Lo yodu bailam, that the owner was not even aware of this whole geneve. The first case of the Mishnah, according to Rav, when it says, that was a case where the person was aware of the geneve. And over there, counting the fact that he sees that it's all back is not going to be enough. You have to return it to him and let him know that you're giving it back. 
Shmuel says, no, whether you're stealing it and the owner is aware of the Gneve, whether he's not aware, doesn't make a difference. Minyan, Paiter. When the owner gets it back and he counts and he sees it's all here, that patas. You don't have to let him knock directly. And according to Shmuel, how do we learn our Mishnah? When the Mishnah says in the end, that the owner counted his flock of sheep, and he sees it's all here, Potter, that that's enough, and you'll be Potter, Akula, it goes on both cases on the Mishnah, the Reisha where you stole it with Das, and the Sefer where you stole it without Das, in both cases you're going to be Potter. Rabbi Yechenen says, Das, if you steal from a person and he's aware that you stole from him, then Minyan Paiter. Then, when you return it to him, you don't have to let him know that you're returning it. As long as the owner counts and sees what you returned, that's enough and it'll be Potter. Das, if you steal from a person and it's without his awareness, then I fill So then, you stole, he wasn't aware that you stole from him, and you just put it back to the place where you stole it from, even if the owner did not specifically count it. But just like you stole it without his awareness, it's enough you just put it back to the place. And you don't have to wait and know that he counted it to be, to be Potter. According, according to Rabbi when the Mishnah says that if the owner counted and he sees that it's all back, and then you're going to be Potter, that goes back to the Reisha of the Mishnah. When it said in the Reisha of the Mishnah that you returned it and you'll still be responsible, so the Seif of the Mishnah is saying that you don't have to let him know Befeidish, as long as the owner counted it, he'll be Potter. So it's, it's, the, the, the Manus of saying goes only on the first case of the Mishnah, not in the second case of the Mishnah. In the second case where it said, Yodu Bailim, in such a case, you don't have to let him know. You just put it back where it is. Amar, a fourth opinion here, and Avchista says the opposite of uh, what Rav said before. Lodas, when you steal from a person and he's aware of this Geneve, then Minyan Paiter. As long as you put it back in the flock of sheep, and the owner counts it, even though you didn't let him know clearly, that's enough, you'll be potter, you gave it back. das. if you steal from a person and he's not aware of this, then tzadach das. Then when you're returning it to the owner, then you're going to have to let him know that you're returning it to him. The Gemara is going to explain this father in a second here. So according to Rav Chiste, when it says in the Mishnah, Umanu in the Sefer, that, uh, that if he counted and the owner sees that it's all back, that you're going to be Potter. This is going on the case of the Reisha. And again, according to Rav Chiste, similar to Rav Yechina, but a little bit different, that the end of the Mishnah, the last case of the Mishnah is not going on the second case of the Mishnah, it's going on the Reisha. So it's sort of a Deichik in the Lashon of the Mishnah. When it says in the Reisha, in the safe of the Mishnah, Umanu is what it's saying is, in the first case of the Mishnah, when the person you stole from was aware that you stole from him, so that it's enough if you just put it back there and the owner counts and sees for himself that it's back. But when you stole from a person, Shalayladas, then in such a case, you're going to have to let him know that when you're returning it to him. So the Gemara now explains, Omar Rav, so Rav explained. And afterwards what? No, 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 no. That's already when you're returning it. Right, after you return it, that was Igneva. Then you're going to be Chayev Bachrayis in a case. It was there already. It was there and it No, but if you didn't return it properly though, it's still your responsibility. In a case where you stole it, according to Rav Chistev, you steal it, Shalay Ladas, and then you put it back there, and the owner countered it, that's not good enough. You have to let him know about it. And if you didn't let him know about it, and something happened to that animal, it's going to be your responsibility. You might hear, we'll explain how the Svar of it is. Oh, Rav, my time with Rav Chiste. What is the Svar of Rav Chiste? It's, it's counterintuitive. Why, why in a case, when you're stealing from a person, Shaloy Ladas, 
He was never even aware of, of, of his loss. Dafka over here, well, more machmer, that when you return it, you have to let him know that you're returning it. And it's also a daichik in the Lashon of the Mishnah, Rashi says. It's like the safe that goes back to the Reisha. So why, why is Rav Chista saying this? So he says the Svar is as follows. Because when you steal an animal, what happens is it gets accustomed to the fact that now it takes steps and it walks out. The animal sees that it can go astray away from the, from the herd of animals. So therefore, in a case where you steal from a person, and the owner is not even aware of the fact that his animal got now exposed to this new nature to go out, you're going to have to return it to the owner and let him know about the gneva. So he should be aware about the fact that his animal now got accustomed to going out. So he should be more careful with his animal. But if you steal from a person, Ladas, he's aware of the Geneva. So he's aware of the fact that his animal could go out. Over here, as long as you put it back in the flock of sheep and he counts it and he sees what's here, that's good enough because the owner is aware now of the fact that this animal can walk out and you don't have to mamish, let him know befetish that you're returning it. Okay, but now the Gemara asks, Rav here was the one that explained Rav Chista. But it, so it seems like that Rav passes like Rav Chista. Did Rav learn like the opinion of Rav Chista? But Rav didn't Rav say, There was a case if a person sees his friend, the Agba Imra Me'edredide, that is someone that picks up a lamb from his group of animals, and Verama Be'kala, and he screams at this Ganav that's walking away with his animal, and Vishadye, the person drops the animal. But But the owner does not clearly see whether the person actually properly returned the animal to his uh, group of animals or not. And then this animal died or got stolen. This Ganev is going to be responsible for this. So here, what's the case over here? This is a case of the, the Geneva happened with the Das of the Bailam. The owner saw this Geneva. And it was returned, not Bedaz Bailam. The person just dropped it and walked away and the owner couldn't notice. I guess it was in a distance. He didn't notice if it was Mamish properly returned or not. And it says that it's still your responsibility. So the Gemara now explains what the question here is. My love, isn't the case over here, Afal Gav, the money. Even if the owner then counts his flock of sheep and he sees that it was actually returned, but it wasn't returned properly, Ladas. He didn't notice. He didn't see right away if it was uh, returned or not. So even though he, he counted... So, and, and still, what does it say over here? That he's going to be Chayev Bachrayis. But according to Rav Chiste, as long as it was stolen Ladas, you don't have to give it back with the Das of the Bible. As long as the owner counts and sees, that's good enough. Because the Svara that the Gemara said before, according to Rav Chiste, if the owner was aware that it got stolen, he's going to be aware of the nature now, of this animal, that it could walk away, that it could go away from the flock of sheep. So it's, you can just put it back there, and it's enough that he counts. So the Gemara Loi, the loy money. That case over there, the halacha that Rav said, fits with what Rav Chista said because the owner didn't get yet a chance to even count the flock of sheep to see that it was there and therefore it's still a responsibility of the Ganev if it gets stolen or anything happens to it. Now the Gemara goes back to the opinion of Rav. Umi, Rav Hachi, did Rav say that when you return a stolen item, you have to at least either, Rav said, either it has to be with the to let the owner know that you're returning it, if you stole it Ladas, or at least if it was Shalai Ladas, he at least has to ha- be counting and see what you return. But if you stam return it and the owner is unaware of the fact that you returned it, then it's not good. So the Gemara asks, did Rav say that? A person returns an animal that he stole to a flock of animal that's out in the field or out in the desert, and the owner has no idea that you returned it. Yotza, that's good enough. So here you see, not you have to let the owner know, not the owner has to count it, and it's okay, you just return it, put it back from where you took it. 
So the Gemara says, Omer Avchana Barabe, Maide Rav, Rav will be Maide in this case, Berekuasa. In the case of Rekuasa, this is a, uh, a lamb which is very noticeable when it gets right. stolen. It's a spotted lamb, right? That has these spots in it. And they, he, so this is something which is very, very noticeable, even out in the desert, that he sees that it's missing. He doesn't even have to count. He sees that it's missing. And then when you return it, he sees right away when you return it that it's back here. And therefore, in that case, that's where Rav said that you just put it back to its place and it's going to be noticeable. Shall we say that the Machlaikis that we brought over here is the Machlaikis Tanoim? Because the Braith says, again, this is Machlaikis uh, Tanoim, okay, as we'll see over here, to, uh, in a case where it was stolen, Lodas, uh, whether it's enough that the owner counts it or you have to mamish give it back uh, um, with his Das. So the Gemara says, the Braith said like this, a person steals a lamb from a flock of sheep, or you stole money from a person's wallet. So, from the place that you stole it, just return it there. This is what Rabbi Shmuel says. So it seems like Rabbi Shmuel is saying over here that it's enough that you just return it to the place that you stole it from. Rabbi Kiva says, You can't just return it, put it back in its place. You have to let the owner know that you're returning it. So what is, what is the basis of their argument? What's the case of their argument? So the Gemara says like this. So Vrua, the Gemara focuses over here first on the case of the money that you stole from the wallet. So they thought to explain the Machlaikis of Rabbi Yishmael and Rabbi Kiva as follows. Everybody holds of the following point that Rabbi Yitzchak said. Rabbi Yitzchak said, A person is all the time feeling his pocket or his wallet to see what money he has in his wallet. Okay, so therefore, my love, it comes out, if so, don't you think that the Machlekes over here is, Bissela, they're arguing regarding the money that was stolen from the wallet, which is Ladas. This is considered to be a Geneve, which is Ladas. Because when, the, when you steal money from a person's wallet, this is something that the owner is aware of. Because it's the nature of a person to constantly be thinking, looking, what's going, what's with the money in his wallet, he knows that this uh, money got stolen from him. So what's the machlekes over here? Overplukte the rav shmuel, and they're arguing in the same machlekes as rav and shmuel. So what that means is that according to um, <clears throat> okay, what was the machlekes again of rav and shmuel? The machlekes of rav and shmuel was in a case where you steal a das. So according to rav, when you steal a das, you have to let him know that you're returning it. Right? So that is what the rabbi Kiva is saying over here. That you can't just put it back into his wallet. You have to let him know that you're giving it back. But according to Shmuel, it's enough that he's able to count what you returned, even if you don't let him know. And therefore, Rabbi Shmuel is saying, like Shmuel, that you just put it back to the place where it is, and the person will count it, and he'll see already on his own that you returned it over there. So it seems like the machlekes of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva is the same machlekes of Rav and Shmuel regarding what case? A case where the Geneva was Ladas. Now the Gemara here only focuses on the case of the Braisa where you stole money from the wallet. It doesn't explain the other case where you stole a, a lamb from the, herd, from, the, from the flock of sheep. But according to this sort of the Gemara now, just like the case of the seller that you steal from the wallet, it's a Geneva Ladas because the person constantly feels to see what money he has in his wallet. The case of the flock of sheep also has to be similar. A case where it was Ladas, where the owner realized that it was Exela, and it's going to be the same exact Machlekes. That's how the Gemara understands now. So the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. We can say, Shaloyladas. It's talking about over here a case where you stole from the person without his das. He didn't realize the gzela. So now, what's the machlekes over here? Whether you can return it 
without the knowledge, without letting the owner know that you're returning it. And the argument over here is the machlekes of because what was the machlekes of According to when you steal it from a person and he didn't even realize the gzela, you could just put it back. You don't have to let him know. He doesn't even have to count it. You just put it back. So that's, so that's Rabbi Yechen, Rabbi Shmuel, like Rabbi Yechen. According to Rabbi Chista, when you steal from a person and he didn't realize that you stole from him, there Rabbi Chista was more machmed. There Rabbi Chista says, no, you have to mamish, let him know that you're returning it. And that's Rabbi Kiva's opinion. So according to the Pshat that the Gemara is saying now, the Gemara is focusing on the case of our Gain of Tlem and Eider. Gain of Tlem and Eider is a case where it was Shalei Das. And now the Gemara is saying that the case of the money stolen from the kiss is similar to the case when you stole an animal from the flock of sheep, and it's Shaloi Ladas, and the Machlokes of Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Kiva is similar to the Machlokes of Rabbi Chista and Rabbi Yechenen. The Gemara brings a third shot. The Gemara says, no, it's not necessarily connected to any of these opinions. Um, Rav Zvit says in the name of Rabbi, this is a different case. Bishaymer, or Rashi actually, the Rishaymer are not good, it's the word Bishaymer. The gear here is begaynev mirishus bailim, a person that steals from the domain of an owner. Kula alma lepligi kederavchiste. Everybody will agree to ravchiste that when you steal it, shaloyla das that the owner was not aware of this. You're gonna have to let the owner know when you're returning it. That's there's no argument about that. As the Svarat that Rav Chista explained before, because the owner is not aware now of this new exposure of the nature of the animal, you have to let him know that you're returning it. That's no machlekes. What's the case over here? Over here we're talking about a case that this is a person that's a shamer, that has someone's animal in his possession that he's keeping for someone. And, the, the, and he's stealing it for himself. So the Bachir adds in, And then he stole it for himself, and he wants to put it back to the place of where it belongs, where he's keeping it for the owner. This is the case where they're arguing about. Well, now, what's the Machlekes here? Rabbi Kiva, Sava, Rabbi Kiva says, The moment that he stole it, and he took it for himself, he's not a Shemir anymore. So if he's not a Shemir anymore, he's not a representative of the owner. So in this case, he stole it, the fact that he took it for himself, the owner did not know that he took it for himself. What's the Allah according to Rav Chista when you steal You have to give it back, letting the owner know. So over here, you, you, you're not letting the owner know when you're putting it back in the place where you're keeping it for him. And you are not a representative of the owner anymore either. So the fact that you know that you're putting it back to the place doesn't matter. You're not representing him anymore. So therefore, t- returning it over there is not going to be good. Rabbi Shmuel Sava, Rabbi Shmuel says, that even though you attempted to steal, you not, not only attempted, you stole it for yourself, and now you're doing tshuva, you're putting it back to the place, you are still a shamer. So you're the representative of the owner. So you stole it, according to Rav Chista, you have to return it, you, the shamer, are still a shamer, so you are now like the bailam. So when you're putting it back to the place where it belongs, that's considered to be a return, so therefore you'll be potter. That's the, that was the machlaikis here of Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Shmuel. Okay, let's finish to the Mishnah. says the Gemara, Shall we say that this, that you return and you don't let the owner know, and it's just that he counts it, that's enough? It's a machlaikis tanoi. The Tanya, because Nabraisi, we learned, he stole money from your friend, and you didn't want to return it to him directly, you're embarrassed. What did you do? Then at a later point, so you buy something from him, and you pay him for what you're buying, you, you add him in extra money for this. One Brice says, Yatsa, that's good. So now you returned what you stole from him. But in another Brice it says, No, you're not Yatsa for this. 
So now, Savrua, they thought when they wanted to say that the uh, Machlekes here is about whether when the owner counts, is that good enough? Like he returned it, so they thought to say like this. The Kula Alma is Lahuda Rav Yitzchak. Everybody holds of the point that we brought before from Rav Yitzchak. The Alma, Rav Yitzchak said, Adam Asil Mashmish Bekisa Bechol Shah. A person feels his wallet all the time, Chol Shah Veshah, and therefore he constantly counts. So over here, when you pay the person extra change or you pay him extra money, so he counts it over and he's, he realizes this. So my love, so don't you think over here that the argument is as follows. The the one that says when you pay back later in a sale, extra money, and he says that's enough, Sava he holds, minion Peter. The fact that this person then looks into his wallet and he notices here now the extra money, so therefore you're going to be Peter. This is a good payment. The one that says that you're not yaitzer returning what the money that you stole in this way. The reason you're not yaitzer is because sova minion ain't a paiter. That's because when you steal ladas, you have to give back the money and let them let the owner know that you're giving it back. You can't rely on the fact that later he's going to count the money in his wallet and see that he got extra money from you. Omri, the Gemara answers a few options here. The Gemara says that's not necessarily the machlekes. We could say like this: if we would hold like Rabbi Yitzchak, the person later counts the money in his wallet, nobody would argue that the fact that he counts it later, it's good enough. They're arguing in this point that Rabbi Yitzchak said, they're arguing whether what happened is the person didn't put the money in his hands. He put the money straight into his wallet. And they're arguing whether the person will end up, could we rely on the fact that the person counts the money all the time and therefore he's going to realize this or not? That's what they're arguing about. Or we could say, If you put the money in his wallet, everybody would hold like Rabbi Yitzchak, that he would count it, and that's good enough. And the, the two braises are not a contradiction, it's different cases. Over here, you counted the money and put it into his wallet, and that's something the person's going to count and realize. Over here, you put the money into his hands, and what does the person do with the money that you put into his hands? He doesn't put it into his wallet. He may put it into a drawer somewhere, and he never ends up counting, because he doesn't keep it in his wallet. He doesn't keep it in his pocket. In both cases, you put it into his wallet. Over here, the case is that he already had other money in his wallet. And therefore, when he counts later, he's not sure how much money he had before in his wallet. So when he counts, he doesn't realize the extra money that you gave him. And ha, the last is Zuzachrina Bikise. But if he didn't have other money in his wallet before, this is the only money that he got from you now that he has in his wallet. So when he counts it, he realizes the money that you paid him back. And therefore, it's good enough. Thank you.